Welcome to Carrying Into the Void. I'm Brock Wilbur. And I'm Jordan Shively. This is our show about finding uh, the nice, happy parts in the darkness around us, because, uh, uh, well, holy shit, do we need it. Is that, what, is that what our show is about? I feel like every show I'm going to ask you what you think the show is about. <laughs> I feel like it is definitely that. It's, it's not so much that we're going on like an exhaustive deep dive into these topics. Basically, it's more like we just kind of tell something we read recently to each other and kind of see what that brings up in our minds. Uh, so uh, how's your week been? Oh, busy. Um, doing t-shirt design, working on a, this app game and stuff. So lots of deadlines. And then my boss at my day job is going on vacation, so I get to work all his shifts, too. Oh, good. It's the best. I enjoy our friendship now because, like, you just pop up at random points day and night sending me T-shirt designs that I get, like, one-third of the references. And when I get them, <laughs> it's good. And when I don't, it's even better because either either then I go down the hole of trying to Google it before I make you explain it to me just in case I can find it or just being like, you know what? I, I like that. Whatever that is, is is something that I it just the the con the the concept of it agrees with me, and I feel good about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> some of the Star Trek and role playing game T shirts can get very niche. I'm on a, I'm on the quest to make the most niche joke shirt ever. That like maybe one person will get it. I feel like you do with your t-shirts what I do with my comedy, and maybe that's why we were meant to find each other. <laughs> uh, like, it, like we're both we're both in sort of this funnel where we're cutting out the mainstream and eventually we're just doing stuff for only ourselves. But along the way, there'll be, there'll be points where it's like six other people can be included like tops. <laughs> hey, we have, we have a guaranteed one sale for the things we make. We, we, you, you literally do. I have literally bought things from your store that were made just for my wife. So that's <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's your, uh, what's your story you're bringing from the void this week? I'm going to talk about the Jersey devil. Oh, wow. This is, uh, tell me about the Jersey Devil. The Jersey Devil is awesome, number one, because who doesn't love huge bat creatures? So the Jersey Devil started out in the Pine Barrens, which is this large tract of forested, forested land in the southern part of New Jersey. And some of the earliest accounts of it are like from, say, 1735. And there's two first accounts, and they kind of flip-flop back and forth. One is saying that there was a Mrs. Shroud in Leeds Point, New Jersey, whose 13th child, very ominous, and she wished for a devil baby, and she was given a devil baby, and then one night, it just kind of like said, fuck this, and flew away and left her. The other version, which is a little bit of better, but it has flip-flop names, so it's kind of like that folklore repeating the story back and forth. So this one says it's a Mrs. Leeds instead of in Leeds Point, who dashed and said that she dabbled in a little bit of witchcraft, but she wanted to keep the veneer of her Quaker beliefs. So she had all of her like midwives were over and she had a baby and it looked completely normal. But then as it looked up at this ring of Quaker midwives with all their expectations, it started to change and it changed into this creature that had a head of a horse hoofs and a bat, big wings, kind of like man bat from Batman. And then it's, and it rapidly grew to a full size grown man, like fuck the sh- fuck shit up and then flew away. Um, so that's like the genesis of the tale. And there's been other stories about where it came from, but those are like about like trysts between people of two different classes. And then the, the ensuing baby of that, of that sex is like the, is the, is the, is the ba- is it, or it's like a gypsy curse. 
And so these are obviously people adding a morality tale element to the legend or the, the very racist demonizing of these foreign others. So they were just yeah, like taking the, the first Google image result for it is, is actually it's, it's a horse head on a bat, but also like an elongated horse neck. So like, it doesn't look like it, it could support its own body in any way. It just, oh yeah, this, this thing is, this thing is awesome. So it looks like it is more afraid of itself than we should be of it. Um, and I mean, that's because it was like this thing that the, the parents wished on it, but the one thing that kind of holds all these stories together is that the description. So that has the description okay. kind of goes on. It has like a head, like a horse, bat wings, clawed hands, long serpent tail. And then the coolest part I like is like deer or horse like legs. Cause for some reason that little addition, just is like the part that makes it super fucking weird to me. It's got deer legs. And sometimes <laughs> they just describe it as like a dragon, you know, like a straight up like fairy tale dragon, um, which is interesting because in that area, the Lenape tribe refers to the Pine Barrens as the Popuessing, which means, I'm probably completely saying that wrong, which means the place of the dragon. And then Dutch explorers named the area Drake Hill, which means river of dragon or dragon river. And these names were well before that first 1735 account, which is really weird. And over the years, there's been like a ridiculous amount of supposedly credible witnesses of the Jersey Devil in their official memoirs, like everybody from like Stephen Decatur, who was the naval officer who used to be on the $20 bill before they kicked him off. So he was like this well-known <laughs> person, you know, like his word had weight. And then also the abdicated King of Spain, Joseph Bonaparte supposedly met it in the woods, the brother of Napoleon Bonaparte. So an ex King saw it. So these aren't people who supposedly don't just go around making up fanciful tales for attention because they have all the attention they need. Like these are established people with their word has weight. So <laughs> with that many eyewitness accounts, you have to s start to wonder if there's actually something behind it all. Like, is there like some cryptid or, I mean, I'm not against the idea of the occult being real. Um, no. I'm, a I'm a skeptic, but I really, really wish it was real. So <laughs> it would be awesome if we didn't discover like there's like some really cool hell mouth in the middle of the pine barren or i mean not even a hell mouth like a cool portal these we don't have to like vilify this creature <laughs> it's just like a real bad horse it's fine yeah he's a good he's a good horse boy <laughs> doing his best i love my good horse son oh my bad horse dragon tail serpent son <laughs> so that is the main tale yeah, the, it's it's so great that like none of these appear particularly antagonistic or scary. It's just like an animal. I mean, there, 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 there were there were some like even because these stories go all the way up until like the eighties and even now. So um, there was some where it carries away like a pet or it tries to get into a house and stuff. So there is some violence associated with it. But I think overall, it seemed there's like a overarching thing of like this thing that was brought into this world and doesn't want to sit in the place where it was told to sit, you know? Oh, I get that. <laughs> and that kind of leads into my, my um, caring moment about how this can play into a positive thing for us. So I'm going to take a moment here and play the Jersey devil's advocate. <laughs> may have, may have, may have chosen this topic just so I could use that line. God damn it. <laughs> I think a good synthesis of this whole legend is that no matter what set of societal, parental, or moral expectations you're born into, you can still look up 
and with a darkly gleam in your terrifying liquid equine eyes, you can rise horribly resplendent in your true self and rise above it all, flapping your leathery pinions to a freedom where you can be your true self that you were meant to be. And who knows, maybe on your journey in life, when you look back and see only one set of footprints in the sand, it'll be because the Jersey Devil carried you screaming across the rooftops. <laughs> so that's my carrying and carrying into the void moment. Oh my the God. Jersey Devil. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> so much. So what, are, what story do you have today, Brock? Uh, so, so my story is about, uh, online dating. Uh, and I went to a cousin's wedding recently yes. where, uh, they met <laughs> online and, uh, old people at a table next to me. And by old people, I mean, people in their forties, uh, were just like, well, how are they going to explain this to their kids someday? And I just lost my shit on them. Like, Good. excuse me, by the time their kids are teenagers, how are you going to s- explain monogamy? Like our culture will have moved beyond all of this entirely. The idea of marriage itself will be harder to explain. I just, I was like, you know, you know what I can't explain why the lead singer of Weezer uh, uses a spreadsheet to keep his drug use in check. Uh, like, I don't know. Uh, that'll never make sense to me. I don't why Weezer like- is still an acceptable band to listen to, but yeah, it's the Moving David forwards. Bowie of making things uncool. Uh, so there's this story that, uh, that hit a late last year at the Atlantic and it's a story about a, a woman in Britain, and her name's Emma Perrier, which is already just the most uh, rom-com British name you can have. She'd been through a bad breakup in 2015, and she just sat around her apartment watching The Notebook on repeat. So, like, she's already leaning in hard to this thing, uh, and she signs up for uh, a dating app that's mostly based on people not trying to have hookups, but trying to f- meet somebody to get married to. Uh, and uh, so she starts talking to this guy named Ronnie, uh, and they fall in love, and he's a good-looking dude, and she's a good-looking 33-year-old woman. Uh, and <laughs> she keeps trying to set up these meetups. He's not meeting up, and it's obvious that there's some sort of catfishing thing happening here uh, oh, no. at some point. Not fast enough. It takes about a year of her doing this and her whole family and her friends being She like, doesn't meet him for a year? Yeah, for like a year, they're just talking all the time. They agree to delete the app, and they just communicate directly over text and stuff, but like... No phone calls. And, and she's and, repeatedly asking him to meet up. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, part of it is like his. Oh, how do you go that, that long? He's a he's a shop. Uh, he like refurbishes shops across Europe. So he basically bounces from country to country for like a month at a time. So he's all over the place and doesn't know where he's going to go next. And that's the guy's actual job, it turns out. Uh, but the guy uh, is a dude that's about as old as her dad. Not a very good looking guy. Uh, and, uh, she's so like, he was using a fake catfish picture. He, he was using these pictures of this dude who was like a Turkish model. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, it does not look like the guy. So she's like, you know what? Fuck it. Come to London. Let's meet. So he shows up and, uh, like after he gets caught in the lie, like she calls him and like has already figured out what his real name is and like all his stuff and found his Twitter and things like that. So he's caught, he's got nothing to go on here. And she's like, still come meet me. I guess we've had a year long relationship. I mean, your, your personality is still your personality. And supposedly still, that's what you like. Who you yeah. are. And yeah. you couldn't have faked that. Like you weren't like, he's not a psychopath. Let's see he's if we can like salvage something from this. 
Yeah, so they meet up, and they have, like, a minute-long hug that he cries through, and he's very sorry about all this stuff, and he's like, this is who I am. And they they go out on some dates and stuff, and and, but there's so much anger there. And at one point, she she reaches out to the Turkish model who the guy had been borrowing his pictures, and she was like, hey, just want to let you know, like, this guy was using your pictures on dating sites, and, like, it's a big weirdo story or whatever, uh, and her oh. and the Turkish model start talking, uh, and they fell in love. Oh my uh, God. And so she tells the guy that she, the 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 older dude who's lying, she's at one point is like, hey, I'm not going to see you anymore, and I'm going to go meet the real Ronnie <laughs> at the airport in about 30 minutes, uh, and I don't know whether to be, like, fucking furious Cold at you hell. for doing this or thankful to you for having, like, made this thing happen, but I'm going to go get the Ronnie that I deserve. And she meets up with this guy and about three minutes into hanging out with him, just like leans over and kisses him because the emotional transfer of a year of this stuff is there. And like English isn't his first language. It's his second language. So they can kind of get around stuff, but they almost immediately just fall in love. And so it's this beautiful story about like catfishing and she falls in love with the guy that she was being catfished at. And then he falls in love back and I, my, my wife sent me the story and I was just losing my mind over it. Cause I was like, it's the only good catfishing story. And, and so already like we like throughout the article, they talk about the number of times that like, here's somebody in like uh, the, the Southern States of America who like catfished a 13 year old because the 13 year old was their neighbor. And then the 13 year old like committed suicide. Like there's no positive oh, catfishing story. Uh, and like, are they, there's you just, know if they're still together. Uh, it seems like they are. Uh, I and uh, so, but the other part of it was that as I reread this to prep for the episode today, I was like, you know what's a, and uh, the the journalist that writes this up has a couple of very long, very emotional like talks with the guy that was doing the catfishing, and the other like weirdly nice part about this is like he's not the first dude to lie to somebody on the internet, like man or woman. He's not the first person to. Just be like, well, I'm I'm lonely and sad. And yeah, I'm he just didn't invent 22. this. He's participated yeah, he in this. an ongoing cultural thing. He'd left a 22-year marriage. He was a broken human being, and he started something, and he felt something good from it, and he didn't know how to stop, uh, and clearly feels like so much regret for it. But like the process of going through this has also made him a good person again, too, uh, even though he's like not with anybody. You're giving me like, goosebumps, Brock. Yeah, there's there's a redemptive arc here for everyone fucking involved, and like the people. It's so that weird the worst. to hear an internet story that doesn't end in <laughs> just like making me want to bash my head into the wall. Yeah, I, I, like what? And 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 it's, this isn't one where like there's people on both sides like fucked up stuff. There's a very clear bad guy in this story, but the bad guy won't be a bad guy to anyone anymore. Like he's ostensibly fixed by this, or at least. Thinks he is learning things about himself. Learn things and like a and like yeah was like for this piece was like yes use my full name use my real pictures I was a piece of shit and I did this to this person for a year and I should be called out for it and you're like oh holy shit like <laughs> that is a level of responsibility that, that, that is a level because usually when you hear these people they're like so like you can't put my real name you know yeah. and, and when you when you read about people who are like like harassing women online and stuff that's the number one thing that. They are, they have this weird thing like how could you possibly put my name online? My like, account they, they, they have they have no connection to their responsibility for it. 
Exactly. And, so and they act like they've been, they've been offended or wounded yeah. when they get shown who they are. So it's, yeah, it's just this beautiful story about like a thing that we have, like we have a word for how fucked up this is uh, and it's catfished and like everyone came out for the bear. And also like, just what a weird story that like, I feel like if I, if this was my uh, personality piece to write, I would have written it from the perspective of the Turkish model who just gets some Facebook messages one day, like, Hey, for a year, this guy, like exploited me using your photos and and then like you wind up in love with that person a few days later like holy shit like he found true love out of this whole thing too and he didn't have to do shit <laughs> so <laughs> it's such a a weird story in that genre of stories because like nobody ruined a marriage nobody like all these scenes because like usually when there's like that rom-com element to it like there's actually this dark underbelly that we're just not paying attention to in the story Exactly. Like the hero getting the girl, but to get the girl or the girl to get the guy, they had to break up a marriage, you know, but we just ignore that part. Usually, and this is like, huh, everything just works out. Anyway, the piece in the Atlantic is called a cat fishing with a happy ending. And just like every paragraph <laughs> of it is just a delight where you're like, like from the opening paragraph where it's like, she's watching the notebook re- on repeat. I was already like, so this is just like a cartoon person. I'm not going to, going to identify with. And by the end, I was like, I love everyone involved, including the bad people. <laughs> okay. That's pretty. Okay. And I forgive so them my... for watching the notebook. <laughs> so that's my, my story from the void. Uh, so you're carrying into the void this week. Is was that what was covered in in your Jersey Devil, or do you have some pop culture thing or something you want to bring up? Um, that was my carrying moment of how to turn my story into a positive thing was already covered. I still Fantastic. have my I still have a self carrying into the void moment. Oh, what's your self care into the void? So the thing I've been doing recently when I feel really stressed out is I go on YouTube and I start watching a woodworking video, but I turn <laughs> I turn the volume all the way off. And I turn up like a hammock album really loud. So it's just like this like chill ass post rock music set to like these guys just making wood into the, and like <laughs> and planing things and sanding things. And I've been using the hammock album Everything and Nothing for it lately. So it's like just like it's like you're floating into the astral void, but also <laughs> you're watching some cool shit get made. So that that's that's, that, that, that's my stress management technique this week. Uh, this week, um, mine was to watch, uh, so, uh, I, I was in Denver and, and my wife is frustrated with cat calling, uh, cause it doesn't happen to her anymore. When we walk together, instead of cat calling, it's dudes being like, Hey motherfucker, you're seven foot tall. Do you play for the Lakers? And she's like, everyone just wants to talk about how tall you are instead of how pretty I am. Why won't men objectify me? <laughs> uh, and I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry, honey. Uh, but uh, I got to see something beautiful the other morning, which is that uh, And on my street, I've gotten to meet all the people in my new neighborhood. And there's a guy that lives across the street from me, and his name's Robert. And when I first met him, he's always out on his front porch. And I was like, oh, I just moved here from L.A. And he's like, I lived in L.A. back before the Puerto Ricans took it over. And the Puerto Ricans never took over L.A. That's how I know he's just straight racist. Yikes. Like, there's no, yeah. there's no musical called West Coast Story uh, where the Puerto Ricans just moved in. <laughs> Uh, so there, this, this is this weird, like oceans 11 moment, uh, on a Thursday morning, I go out to get my mail, my mailman drops it off. He's a Hispanic dude. He crosses over the street. Uh, a bartender that lives in my neighborhood, 
uh, was driving by and she cat called him because she likes to flirt with him. So she just rolled down her window and shouted, woo. Uh, he missed it. I missed it. But racist Robert, who is a guy that's old enough to be like old where you can see the racism in his skin, but not old enough that you can ignore it. Like he's like 65. Like if he was 70 plus, you'd be like, he's no, not he's senile. just so old. Yeah. He's just too crazy to not yeah. be racist. So he hears the woo and it's the first time in his life he's ever been catcalled and he spun around so fast that he just ate shit on the concrete in front of his house. And the me and the, the mailman both look at him like eating shit like and it made a sound like I could hear his skull. And for a second, we were like, is he dead? And he was fine. And then neither <laughs> one of us wanted to go over and help him because he's an asshole. But later at the bar, the bartender was like, oh, I, hey, I can't call the mailman this morning. I was like. And did you notice how you made an old man fall down? She was like, I did. And I was worried about that. I was like, don't be, you hurt a racist with cat calling. It was the most beautiful. Like and you cat same- called the, the people who he would, the um, demographic that he's racist against. Exactly. And that's why that oh, guy wouldn't help. Delicious. So like today's, delicious. today's podcast for me was about how catfishing can be beautiful and how a woman can cat call a racist into curb stomping himself. So I'm just <laughs> I'm and just all over the place with delight. <laughs> that is great. Uh, so this has been carrying into the void. Second episode in the bag. Please rate and review. Uh, do you want to close us out? Uh, I'm Brock Wilbur at Brock Wilbur on Twitter. I'm Jordan Shively at Hottest Singles on Twitter. And we're here to remind you to keep your teeth sharp and many and your hearts dark and true. Thank you, guys. Goodbye. See you next week.